Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Friends, we are gathered here today to bid adieu to the snow day. What? Are you aware that snow day is dead? Um, I know people who just had a snow day yesterday. Uh, no, my darling. Yeah. Nobody in school had a snow day. Everyone had an e-learning day. The snow day where they cancel school because there's too much snow does not exist anymore. Well, at least that means that you don't have to make up those days in like June. Oh, that's true. And that is very good. We do not want them doing that. This is true. But uh, who are you? I'm Kate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I'm you, Betsy. Did you forget already? Nah, you know, it's, it's, we've only known each other days, our yeah. entire lives, but uh, not my entire. Okay, life. fine. I, I had six glorious years before I Whatever. knew you were. I they mean, were the most depressing on, yeah. years of your life. I, as I recall, they were like a beautiful. Well, the first three were a beautiful dream. After that, it kind of goes downhill. But you know, and then we had our brother. Oh yeah, my brother. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you're right. You're Kate. I'm Betsy. And uh, what is this podcast here? It's about snow and sisters. I didn't ask what it was about. It was what, what the name is. What's oh. the name? Snow sisters. Yes. Snow sisters <laughs> and mate. I don't have no idea. I was trying to rhyme <laughs> it, but it didn't work at all. Uh, no, Fuse and Kate. I got it. Snow sisters and fate. Oh, I love it. Right? Actually, we may have to. We may have to That's the name of now. a good book, right? Snow sisters and fate? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're two sisters, like meet up with fate and they go on like adventures together. I think we're two sisters that don't know the other exists. Ooh. And then halfway Mirror through... Mirror sisters. Yeah, halfway through the book, we, like, meet each other in <gasps> passing. Do we switch lives? No. Cool. We're not Lindsay Lohan. That's uh, all right. <laughs> I am... You know what? At no point in my life I've ever asked to be Lindsay Lohan, so I'm okay with it. What's this podcast actually about? Children's picture books. Sure. What do we do with them? Rate them. Yep. That's it. That's really, yep. I mean, that's the long short of it. That's that's the gist of it. Now, we were talking about it is February and miserable, um, <laughs> as indicated by A, the whole snow day conversation we began with, and B, the fact that it is really snowy outside, but it's not snowween, so I'm grateful for that. I mean, not anymore. But February tends to be a, a time where we've stuck the weirdest time to have a romantic holiday because it just doesn't make sense. But I, I don't think... know. President's Day is so romantic. <sighs> <sighs> no, I was thinking more of Valentine's Day. Oh, that one. And we were thinking of, uh, you know, possible Valentine's Day books to do. So I had mentioned that I had a, a possible Valentine's Day book in mind, and uh, but we had thrown it out there to, to our listeners. And, and we said to them, you know, if you can think of one, let us know that, that it has to be more than, what, 20 years old? Yep. Yeah. So a Mr. Tony Carmack uh, wrote me and suggested the Tony. very book. Tony! Tony! Tony Carmack! Um, <laughs> Tony uh, suggested the very book I was intending to do anyway today. So thereby cementing my justification uh, in doing this book. So I'm going to pull it out right now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
Somebody loves you, Mr. Hatch. Bye. Um, I appear at that one, yeah. Eileen Spinelli. Illustrated by Paul Yellowitz. Yeah, it's a human, and it's about love. And he's balding. That's three for three. <laughs> oh, so all that was required was I mean, my requirement here. Is he wearing overalls? I'm going to assume yes. Or is he wearing pants up to his nipples? <laughs> uh, you know, it could be both. Why choose? It could be pants up to his nipples with overalls. They have little straps at the top and they're only this long. All right, I'm going to go read Tony's go book. Go read Tony's recommendation. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information on the creators of Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch. I'm kidding you. Actually, we're going to complain about something that I myself am horrendously guilty of. Okay, here's the deal. Let's say you write books for kids, right? And you're told by your publisher or your agent or somebody you know, hey, you need a website. And you're like, I don't want to have a website. You got to like update a website. But you do it because you're an author and this is the 21st century. For God's sake, you need to do a website. So you make the website, do you update it? Maybe a little at first, but then as the years go by, you kind of forget and you kind of let it go. This is the case that I'm talking about today with both of our creators. Okay, let's start with the illustrator, uh, a man by the name of Paul Yellowitz. Okay, Paul Yellowitz, he's done like 13 picture books, right? Um, he, he teaches illustration at Farmingham State University in Massachusetts. Or at least he did last time he updated his website. So on his website, I was trying to figure out like what was the most recent thing he's done is titled The Admiral and the Penguin. And so I looked up when it came out and it was 2016. Okay, so it's been a little while. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Eileen, Eileen, Eileen Spinelli. She has done so many books. She's married, of course, to Jerry Spinelli, uh, the Newbery Award winner. And they've been married for a very long time. And her website, she's done so many books. She's done so many books that this book, Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch, doesn't even show up uh, on that first, like, initial webpage that shows, like a, like, a host of her books. This one doesn't even make the cut. So I went and I was like, all right, let me look at her bio. You know, get a little background information there. Find out a little something, something that you might not know about Eileen. Didn't find much. You know, it's a nice, pretty standard bio. It does say at the end that she's currently working on a picture book by the name of Three Pebbles in a Song. So I thought to myself, well, let me go check it out. Uh, when did when did Three Pebbles in a Song come out? Three Pebbles in a Song, ladies and gentlemen. Three Pebbles in a Song came out in 2003. Eileen, for crying out loud, man. I understand you've done 15 gazillion books, but just update the bio. 2003, 2003. Are we ready to talk about love? Um, is it love? Is it love, Kate? No. Is it? No. It's I, not? I don't think so. What is love, Kate? What is love? Um, I can tell you what it's not. Oh, what's it not? Um, it's, love is not when, um, people just do things for you and then you love them because they did said Because things. they've done something for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's not And we encounter love. this constantly in kids' books in picture books in particular. I think, didn't we just encounter this recently with uh, Wadney Watt? Where they're yeah. like, oh, now you can do something for us by scaring and, off and this And now capybara. we like you. Now we like you. Rudolph. Yeah. 
Now yep. you've done something for us. Yeah, that's so you're allowed to be with us. There's now. only uh, a small, very small, both literally and figuratively speaking, group of people in this book um, that love him for possibly a better reason. Ooh, but so, you will have to tell me more. Let us go through the book. Right. So which has a lot of words. It's very wordy. It's so wordy. This so, is a uh, this is an old 1991. What a picture book would entail. All right. Yeah. So we meet Mr. Hatch. Mr. Hatch is a man who lives by himself and who works at a shoelace company and he eats by himself and he's a very solitary man. Uh, he has no friends, no acquaintances even. He's just by himself. And it's 1991, so he doesn't even have the internet. He has nothing. Yep. Uh, so he works, as I said, at this shoelace factory. <laughs> shoelace factory. Fantastic. Where he eats his um, egg and mustard sandwich. That sounds terrible. Doesn't it that sound sounds awful. odd? I don't care if it's Grey Poupon and the egg is the most perfectly, like... Like a quail egg. egg. Like a quail egg. <laughs> perfectly prepared quail egg. That sounds disgusting. And he eats in this room that the walls look like the wallpaper is either shoelaces or worms. But either way, I like it. <laughs> okay. That sounds like went one way and then it took a sharp right turn and I did not see where it was going. I like the worm shoelace wallpaper. Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna move past that one. Keep but, going. But in the beginning all the colors are very muted. Yeah, it's very muted. It's very gray and brown and brownish gray and greenish yep. brown yeah and uh and so he has this routine he wakes up at 6 30 he goes to work he eats his egg and mustard sandwich <laughs> after work he goes to the newsstand and picks up a newspaper he goes to the grocery store and gets a turkey wing he eats- one turkey wing yep that is okay this man is undernourished i think we found his problem he eats his supper he reads his newspaper and then he goes to bed early and uh, and everyone says he keeps to himself. Well, that's what they say about serial murderers, right? <laughs> he seemed like such a nice man. He kept to himself, right? Um, I although I think he needs an exterminator because, or he needs to bring because there's this like neighborhood cat that roams yeah. outside his bedroom window, but he always has rats and mice in his house. Whoa! And he needs to get this soul. What mustard? <laughs> Clearly, he doesn't have much in the way of food. Maybe he gives him some of the turkey wing. Oh, there you go. Leaving himself less turkey wing. But I like his sheets because they have the phases of the moon. That's really cute. That is cute. I like that. Yeah. He has some taste, unless someone like gave him that. He just doesn't even notice. In his twin bed. So one Saturday, the mailman uh, comes to his house and gives him this package. And it's a gigantic package that he doesn't think to look to make sure that it is, in fact, addressed to him. And he uh. opens the package, and it's the giant heart. It's about, I don't know, three feet, four feet. Yeah, four feet, I'd say. It's quite big. It's really big. And it comes with a note that says, somebody loves you. Aww. And that's when he remembered, oh, it's Valentine's Day. He's, he's looking at this. And he's kind of in disbelief. And I'm like, look to make sure yeah, no, exactly, it's to right? you. Yeah, seriously. So he's um, you know, eating this candy and he's feeling like happy for the first time. And he's laughing and he's dancing. He can't remember the last time. And, and he's got a 
I kid you not, a mouse hole. Oh, like a, like a cartoon mouse hole in the wall. Yeah. There, there's, there's... Okay, m- that's disgusting. Right? You are not Bruno, sir. Get rid of your rats. <laughs> Bruno from Canto? Yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, like how I slipped that in. Yeah, it was nice. Timely. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, dude, it's poison. Drop the candy. Run no, you're away. You're going to die. You are going to die. And no one will miss nope. you. Instead, he becomes ridiculously happy. Man. He's walking down the street. He puts on a, a new outfit. Yeah, with he's like got a, like a colorful jacket with for a him. polka dot tie. Yeah. And, and he's walking down the street and he's smiling and people are going, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> one one woman trips over her 100 foot long leash. Oh, yeah. That's, that she knew. That he, was, that's on her. That if you're walking 100% around that, on yeah, her. I'm not even. You do not need a leash this long no. for a 10-pound dog. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> though I do like her shoes. And you've got this guy who, like, falls off a ladder because he sees Mr. Hatch smiling. you got a, a little girl who drops all of her toys because she's wondering, like, why is he waving at me? Is he possessed by an alien? What's going on? Did he just kill his 13th person? What's Entirely it? possible. It's very strange. So he brings this giant thing of candy to work, at which point everyone crowds around him and they're eating all of his candy and uh-huh. and he's talking to everyone. And I all, you know, I thought of one thing. What is that? Freeloaders. Yeah, they are. So he, he's happy at work and everyone's happy with him because they all got free candy. Yeah, they did. And then um, after work, you know, he goes to the newsstand and he, he's talking to the newsstand guy for like the first time ever. And then, <laughs> and he's like, wow, you know, newsstand guy, you don't look very good. And newsstand guy's like, yeah, I'm sick and I can't get to the doctor because I'm working this busy, busy newsstand and I can't get away. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Hatch is like, tell me what to do and I'll mend the newsstand. And the guy's like, okay, I'll give you a hundred percent of my business um, to some guy that I've never had a full conversation <laughs> yeah, seriously. with. All right, who appears to be on drugs of some sort because he's had a complete mood shift. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, something's happening. Right. right, so then he goes to the grocery store where Wait, he's... Wait, like just abandons the newsstand? Oh, no, no, no. He finishes the newsstand. Oh, I was going to say, like, I'll help you out. The guy goes to the doctor and is like, see a second, let's go to the bakery. No, no, no. So, he, so he, he's done with the newsstand. And then he goes to the grocery store. Instead of getting his wing, he gets a nice fresh slice of ham. All right, I approve of that. It's still just meat. There's literally no side or veggie or anything. And the, this no guy, starch. This, but, this you grocery know, does sell other things, which I really like because above him, up on this shelf, he sells things like there's a box of um, stuff. Oh, stuff. There is a box of yum. Mm. And there is another box of dits d-i-t-z but on the front of it it says in a inside of a yellow star it says new <laughs> so, it's not your mother's dits it's it's apparently new dits new dit, all new dits now with more dits <laughs> so right so he he helps the grocery guy because he can't get away because his little girl is missing um okay whoa 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 time out if your child is missing you close up shop you close up shop i don't care and you find your daughter no you're not like man i hope my daughter's not being torn apart by wolves but i can't leave work (laughs) no but mr hatch goes out finds the little girl and brings her home the grocer's like come with me strange i'm a strange man come with me little girl your daddy told me it was okay Brochure trusts a man who only buys turkey wings. 
point of all your customers, this is the one that you're entrusting your child to. Sure. So then Mr. Hatch goes home and he decides to start baking brownies instead of reading the newspaper. I'm with him on that. And the smell of brownies is somehow enchanting the entire neighborhood to go into his backyard. What? Um, why? Well... Why are all these neighbors so keen on going into this guy's backyard, just inviting themselves? And he's, like, putting out freshly made brownies that he was going to bring into work, but now he needs to feed all these people that are in his backyard. He also gives them lemonade. Anyway, I just think it's very presumptuous. And this guy who had... Everyone knew he had no friends. Now he has um, everyone over at his house to his backyard that has a gigantic table with a gigantic bench seat Maybe with it. Maybe it came with the house. <laughs> like, he just inherited it. Never put it away over the winter. Because apparently there's no snow, so he just leaves it out there. And now, unless the neighbors brought that too. I, I don't know. It seems strange. It says the days and weeks went by, oh and my. apparently he is now the house where all the kids can be <laughs> at his house. Well, he's obviously trustworthy because he walked home with a little girl from the playground. <laughs> she trusted him completely. This so. is the man who went from having no <laughs> friends to having all the neighborhood kids at his house. Yeah, he's like the selfish giant, right? You just. Now there, the kids there love is him, something the one that's very to fishy here. Yeah, I know it's weird. If he was going to be a serial killer, um, this is the best setup of all time for a serial killer. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, the days and weeks went by, and the postman comes by, and he says, "I'm very upset. I made a mistake. My supervisor is very angry with me. Do you remember the package that I gave you on Valentine's Day?" And Mr. Hatch is like, "Um, yeah." No take backsies. Uh, this was two months ago, but... Yeah, seriously, how long does it take you people to realize you made a mistake? Apparently two months. Two months, all right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and I only know this because it's on the calendar at this guy's workplace, oh, which we'll nice. get to in just oh, a second. Oh, I see. But, um, so the postman's like, you know, I'm I'm sorry, but do you still have it? And What? Mr. Hatch is like, um, do I have... The candy that would be like moldy like and stale. gross by now. Like when you're on like like chalk has been around too long. It's got that like weird whiteness that goes on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. chalky. Yeah, that chalky weirdness. Yeah. He's like, no, I freaking ate it. No. What do you expect? You delivered me candy, and I ate candy. And uh, and he's like, no, I I have the box that it was still in because yeah. he kept the oh, box, he Betsy. Kept the box. And the note. And the note. And he gives both of them back to the postman. The most meanest postman. And and it doesn't say in the text, but in the illustration, he has a single tear going down his cheek. Look what you're doing to that man, Mr. Postman. (laughs) Hope you're proud of yourself. And he he even says, I do hope your supervisor won't be too angry with you now. Dude. (laughs) Dude. Now the pages are back to being muted. Oh, he's back. And he's back in his routine. He's going to of... have that horrible sandwich again, isn't he? <laughs> he... Doggone it. <laughs> he does have his... Oh, this time it's uh, cheese and mustard. So he's gotten rid of the egg and he's replaced it with he cheese. He actually made it worse. He actually <laughs> made it worse. And uh, and on the wall, you can see the calendar says April. Oh. So, yes. And... Two months. <laughs> Two months. Yep. So everyone at work is kind of like looking at him like, is he okay? And he goes to the newsstand. He goes to the grocer to get his turkey wing. He walks past all these kids. Everyone can see that he's super sad and they're wondering what's going on. And then the postman 
explains to everyone. Wait, what? Like the entire town. Wait, he says, what? Oh, yes. The reason that this one man is sad is because I screwed up. Let me tell you my flaw. Well, he, I'm that stand-up a but guy. But he's telling someone else's business yeah, he to is. literally everyone. Yeah. And uh, everyone's like, well, we, we love Mr. Hatch, though. He helped us do this. He helped us do that. He helped us do this. And he helped us do that. And then at one point, the children say, um, it says all the children in the neighborhood remembered Mr. Hatch's wonderful brownies and lemonade, which makes sense because they're kids and they like sweets. Sure, I'm with But him. then it says, and most of all... His laughter. (laughs) No. That's his laughter, right? That's how he laughs. They remember something, not something that he he did for them. Yeah. But actually a feature that is his. A personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. So thank goodness for these kids for remembering something. Yeah, the only person. Is that what that, is that supposed to be smiles? Yes. Like I'm kind of far away. It's a Joker smiles. It's like Joker smiles. It's like Jared Leto smiles. (laughs) (laughs) They're all thinking about them. There's no faces with those smiles. They're just disembodied teeth hanging in the air. I'm just glad that the children at least remembered something about his personality, whereas everyone else remembered. I would agree. Oh, he fixed this, and oh, he... He did this for me. Exactly. Does that mean I'm not getting any more brownies? Yeah, so then the postman says, I have an idea. Well, one day, uh, on one Saturday, Mr. Hatch comes out. He puts on his old overalls so we have clarification that they Very are overalls and not pants up to his not nipples not pants up to his <laughs> in a way that's what they are but yes and uh and they and he can see his entire front porch and front yard is covered with people with balloons and hearts cut out and streamers did they, did they bring him food like he's brought them mm, no. is there any food here mm, nope there's no some did pe- they what did they bring him some what people they... have um packages but they don't really say oh, okay they brought what packages, they are so you know what? maybe there's food inside okay and uh, and they're holding up a sign that says everybody loves mr hatch all right and at that point he's dabbing the tears away and he says i do believe somebody loves me <laughs> after all <laughs> The just end. like that just like that. that's how he says it yeah which is so it's sweet it is sweet uh, except um they're only your friends because you did something for them but well, whatever but hey you the know end. what the, the bar is low at this point at least yeah so there there is no information on this book i i could not find it's funny because there are so few older valentine's day books that uh every year if you're a librarian you pull out the old Valentine's Day books and you put them on display. And every year you put out, if somebody loves you, Mr. Hatch. It's just what you do. So, uh, so oh, I should say, uh, remember Tony? Tony! Remember Tony? Yeah, Tony. Tony wanted to make sure that we would mention that you can find a video, which I will put in the show notes, of Hector Elizondo, the great actor Hector Elizondo, reading Somebody Loves You, Mr. Hatch. And who, I should say, actor Hector Elizondo, uh, may not be by coincidence, was in the film Valentine's Day. Oh. There you go. That's okay. your connection there. Ah. So ratings. Ratings time. You go first. It's not good. Um, here's the thing. It's fine. But most picture books are perfectly fine. Right? Uh, it didn't offend me, except maybe having that many rats in your home 
but it, the art, it's fine. And the writing, it's fine. It's not memorable. I will say that right now. It is about a lonely old man. I have read many a fine lonely old man book. Uh, but I, this is not even in the top tier of lonely old men. So though it sounds low, um, I don't give it this low rating out of dislike or spite or anything. I simply do not find it uh, counts for much. So 3.5. Wow. I know. It's sort of on my, it's there. That's that's my rating. It's an it's their rating. Okay, mine's a little higher. Wow. <laughs> Cuz I actually like the illustrations. They're they're odd, but I like how the colors pick up when his mood picks up. Good point. I think that's a subtle uh, nod that the illustrator does that um I, I I and they're not like your everyday illustrations of people. They're quirky. They're yeah, very they are quirky, yeah. long-headed and they're silly. Yeah. Um, I think it's a sweet story, but it does make me wonder about the intentions of those around him and what <sighs> his story is. Why didn't he have any friends? I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> so I'm giving it a quizzical six. So that's a, that's a 4.75. That's a toe under, under the, the line. line. Not, Just barely not a not classic. Not a classic. Sorry, guys. Um, good news is there's lots of new beautiful Valentine's Day books that you can put out. You don't have to rely on 1991. So <laughs> it's okay. We're all fine. Letters time. Ooh. First and foremost, we got a lovely letter back from Sarah Brandon. Sarah Brandon, friend of the show, uh, recently got a Cybert honor for uh, summertime sleepers. And we mentioned that back on the show. And then she wrote us. She said, thanks so much for the shout out on today's show. Remember that I told you I listened to your podcast when I'm working on illustrations? I absolutely was listening while I was working on the summertime sleepers art. I remember listening to the farmer and the clown episode while I was painting the killifish. Hmm. Aww. So this is the first evidence we have that our podcast was listened to while award-winning art was being created. <laughs> I like that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking that one up for quite some time. So okay. thank you, Sarah. One other, and this one just floored me. Okay, this one comes from Aaron Becker, and uh, Aaron Becker, as it happens, uh, won a Caldecott honor for Journey, uh, and he's cranking out some killer board books these days. Did I give you You Are Light? It's the one where you like you you put in front of. Oh like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That guy, he has got he's got a new one, um, which is amazing. And if you guys go to my uh, blog, you'll be able to see a a book trailer for his latest board book, which trust me, you will want to see. They are all beautiful. Anyway, he wrote in because I had mentioned on the last episode we did, which was Ashanti to Zulu, um, the fact that I was just baffled that the author, Dr. Margaret Musgrove, just is not talked about these days. I, I have never heard anyone say two words about her, and I find that just kind of appalling. So he goes and he writes this. Ha! Huh. I grew up with Margaret's son in Baltimore. We were good friends and lived a few blocks away from one another. His mom made him call home to check in during our skateboard days. In high school, we were neck and neck on the swim team for the sprint record. Derek eventually beat me out. <laughs> 
what the heck? That is insane. To be so, fair, it's still not about her. It's about her son, but still. Hey, man, <laughs> but at least, like, it's a connection. We're getting closer. So if anyone <laughs> went to school with Margaret Musgrove, please also write in because we would like to hear more. Or if you've just, like, met her or had lunch with her, we'd love to hear about it. That'd be fantastic. You accidentally stepped on her toe. I mean, I would take that at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Grown-up things we like. Well, since we're on like this love theme, love. I thought I would uh, discuss an audible book that we listened to on our way when we drove from Chicago to Minneapolis. We managed to get through pretty much the entire book of As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Aww. Making of the Princess Bride. That's wonderful. Is that actually read by Carrie Ellis? It is. Nice. Uh, Billy Crystal, Carol Kane, Christopher wow. Sarandon, Robin Wright, they all are on, you can all hear, you can hear all of them uh, with their own takes on uh, making the film that's really cool and it takes you through carrie's experience from even before he auditioned to today and he and the stories alone of andre the giant and billy crystal improvising alone are worth listening to the entire book so definitely check out the audible book as you wish by carrie Elwes, if you like the movie right because if you don't like the movie you probably yeah, won't like the book much of a point. yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, mine's actually weird. Mine's an article in the New Yorker because I'm that woman. Yeah. Uh, so I write reviews of books, uh, for kids and some are definitely better than others. And so I have a real appreciation for a particularly well-written review. And the review that was in the January 24th edition by Catherine Schultz called Eat, Pray, Love. And by pray, it's P-R-E-Y, um, which I like to think she didn't write the title is a review of the newly translated by Jack Zipes edition of Bambi by Felix Salt. Now, did you know that Bambi was a kid's book before it was a... Nope. Yeah, it's not really a kid's book, though. Um, people thought it was a kid's book because they were like, oh, it's about cute little animals in the woods, and Disney made a movie out of it. So not appropriate for children in so many ways. And the review had one paragraph, which I will read for you, which sort of sums up why I love this reviewer more than anything. She writes, so the, you know, the guy who wrote Bambi was Felix Salton. Felix Salton was an unlikely figure to write Bambi, since he was an ardent hunter, who by his own estimate shot and killed more than 200 deer. He was also an unlikely likely figure to write a parable about Jewish persecution, which is another interpretation of Bambi, since even after the book burnings, he promoted a policy of appeasement towards Nazi Germany. And he was an unlikely figure to write one of the most famous children's stories of the 20th century, since he wrote one of its most infamous works of child pornography. So that is a uh -huh. good paragraph. Wow. That's how you write a review, and that makes you want to read the rest of the review. And let me tell you, it is worth it. So, a review in The New Yorker is my thing. It's so adult. It's so adult, right? It started out like it was for kids, and then it so is not. Okay. Yay! <laughs> so we're going to do like an actual Valentine's Day book now? Like a, like a classic one? Well, that was the classic one. There's really nothing else. There's no like good classic Valentine's Day I mean, Day there books. are, but they're too recent. I can't, I can't think of one that's like older. Well, then you're just going to have to find a President's Day one, Betsy. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Ooh. I can think of a President's Day one. Okay. Oh. oh, yes, I have one in mind. Okay. It's perfect. And until I pull out my perfect President's Day book, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Somebody Loves You Drew Atienza is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is the creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>